0: Well hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati Podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around Dr. Banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjogalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. Join the next hour you learn about health, wellness, and the prevention of disease. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Galati. Well, I hope you're all having an awesome weekend, whatever's left of it. Your radio is tuned into Your Health First. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Every single Sunday evening between the hour of 7 and 8 p.m., we are here, our team, bringing everybody the best in health and wellness. We want to make you better consumers of health care. Stay out of the doctor's office. That's what we do for a living. We see patients, but I would be happy as all get outs if one day I came to work and there was nobody in the office ill. Now that's not going to happen, but I think so much of the illness and complications that we do see are a result of neglect. These are these are individuals that knew they had something. They didn't quite know the the, you know, the red flag, the early warning. Uh, but that's what we are here for. Our website, drjoegalati.com, drjoegalati.com. That is our launch pad of sort. If you want to find out about our medical practice, the radio program, all of our social media is there drjoegalati.com. And you could sign up for a newsletter and find out what we do. A little later in the program, I've been uh, talking all weekend, the hour minus the first segment, is dedicated to diabetes. I have two experts in the studio tonight. Anthony Santos, who is a nurse practitioner that for nearly 10 years has been specializing in the care of patients with diabetes. And he is the latest member of our team at our practice, Liver Specialists of Texas. And Helen Yuan, who's our registered dietitian, clinical nutritionist, she's here, no Stranger to the program. We're going to be talking about nutrition. But on the line, where did Chuck go? We lost Chuck. Pull him back up. My phone set. Can you? Uh, he's on there. Chuck, you're on the air.
1: Uh, yes, I am.
0: Chuck, live Hello, radio. Joe. Live radio. We get messed up once in a while. Uh, oh, no, no worries. Hey, um, you know, for those that may not have heard Chuck before, for the 17 years we've been on the radio here, Chuck, more than anybody, has been a guest. He is an expert in communications. He and I, 41 years, Chuck, we have been together, and uh, author. Uh, And tonight, I am happy to report that you are making your debut on 77 WABC in New York City, and that is tremendous. Tell us what that is all about.
1: Yeah, indeed. I am very blessed. Well, first of all, I thank you, Dr. Joe Galati, for having me on your show, and it's hard to believe it's been for the last 17 years. That's right. But, you know, I do a lot of public speaking, professional speaking, and I've always been in front of a live audience, but you really helped me to hone my game over radio. And what this radio show that I am blessed to partner with, 77WABC, such an iconic brand in radio, Mm -hmm. I wrote a book, and you and I share the same publisher, and it's called The Climb to the Top, and the book is a about career climbing, but I use mountaineering. Right. As some of the listeners know, I'm a mountaineer and I use it as a metaphor for what are the skills necessary to climb career mountains. Several months ago, I was approached by a Hollywood producer, a company called Soul Matter, who started when asked to turn the book into a video series. One thing led to another. Over the last six months, we have created the pilot episode of a video series called A Climb to the Top that is has wrapped production, and we will be taking it to the streaming services for sale in January. While I was in the WABC Studios, actually as a guest pinch hitter, host mm-hmm. for a friend of mine who has his own radio show on Sundays at 10 called Mind Your Business. Mm-hmm. He asked me, he couldn't do it that night, he said, could you host for me? i sure I'd be happy to. Mm-hmm. While I was in the studio and I hosted his show, I talked to 77WABC about the, about the video series And in the video, as we spoke to them, they said, we would love the opportunity to connect with you and discuss how to turn it into a radio show. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks later, before you know it, we had an agreement for a climb to the top. Stories of Personal Transformation is the name of the show. Outstanding. And we debut in an hour, and everything is about people's personal transformations not unlike what you do with your patients as it relates to their good health
0: it, exactly and and so while in in college you took the business accounting route I took the pre-med biology route and our career paths uh, could not have been more distant from day one that we met our our synergy in the middle was, we want to help people. We want to communicate to people a, a certain uh, lifestyle, in a sense, a mindset. And when, when I saw your title of this personal transformation, that is exactly what we do at our patients. You have to make a transformation from not taking care of yourself, not eating well, not paying attention, to one that transform uh, into more attention in your health. And I think we have more in common than, uh, than is on the surface, I would say.
1: Well, I think what, what I'm particularly blessed for, Joe, well, you and I have been in each other's lives since we were undergraduates at Syracuse. Right. And you were going go to go to cure the sick. I was going to go to Wall Street. And here we are so many years later. We have witnessed each other's transformations. Right. And yet, what do we do, do every day? You go to work every day in the service of somebody's good health. I go to work, and as, as an executive coach to many companies, I go to work every day in the service of someone's success. Right. We didn't know when we were our eighteen-year-old selves walking right. the, the campus that one day we were going to go to work, having transformed ourselves so that we may help others to transform themselves. And that's what that's what our show, our radio show, is about. That's what your radio show is about. But it really comes down to. Nobody really needs to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. What I hope that we both do is that we inspire others to achieve good health. We inspire others for the road to success. Anything we can do to help others to get unstuck, to face their fears, and to go climb their personal mountains, to, you know what a blessing it is for
0: us. It, it really is. And I look back in all the years that we've known each other— to me, you know, we are still having fun working together, but we're not working together. We're sharing ideas, and that is, um, you know, the message for others out there that have an idea, have a dream. You just have to stick with it and transform yourself, and things will happen.
1: Well, we are all, I think you and I, we're two concentric circles. We do different things for a living, but if you look at what joins us— It's going to work in the service of others. Now, plenty of people do it in other professions. You and I have taken our expertise, and we figured out how to do it in radio and television, on a stage. You know, you, you do it with a stethoscope. I do it preparing people for shareholder presentations. It's just it's a beautiful thing, and I am so glad and blessed that we are in this part in our lives, that we can do this and that we can help others.
0: You know, the last the last part, and I, I had a thought when I was uh, driving here tonight. So it is the holidays, and people are going to be looking for Christmas presents and holiday presents. And, of course, go to Amazon and, and pick up Climb to the Top. At the same time, Get Eating Yourself Sick, my book. Now, yeah, you're never – if you are eating yourself sick, you're never going to climb to the top. Is that right?
1: <laughs> that is beautiful. So, you know, and I think about this. Even no matter how successful one may consider themselves – What good are we if we don't bring good health with that success? And I think having good health should be a critical measure of success, that if you have $100 million in the bank and yet you haven't done the steps necessary to achieve good health – I just don't find that as a definition of success.
0: Absolutely. It, it,
1: it's it's all
0: combined. That is true. All right, Chuck, tonight, break a leg, if that's what they say on radio. I think they <laughs> say that. Uh so. Uh, and uh, thanks for coming on. We're going to be tuning in tonight. And uh, I think we need to have you back sooner than later and talk about, um, you know, uh, the climb to the top, eating yourself sick, how there is this integration between wellness and your personal success. They go hand-hand. In hand, And we've been talking about this for a long time.
1: Well, I've got a better idea. I know you're coming to New York sooner or later. I would like you to be my guest, and I never thought after 17 years I'd say that. Joe, would you please be my guest on flying to the top stories of personal transformation?
0: I would be honored, Chuck. So look, we'll uh, be— We'll be tuning in. Good luck, great success, and we'll talk to you soon, okay?
1: Thank you very much. I really appreciate you bringing me on. Ab- Take care.
0: Absolutely, Chuck. Thank you. Bye. All right. All right. That was Chuck. We go back 41 years. You're probably wondering, how old am I? We met very, very young. All right. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. Sign up for a newsletter diabetes is what we are dedicating ourselves to for the rest of this program do not change stations get a glass of water a little snack we'll be right back Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati, bringing you the best in health and wellness, but we play the best music. You know that. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com, sign up for our newsletter. Send me an email. Look at all of our social media information about the program, podcasts. All of that information is there. That's really the only website you need to know, DrJoeGalati.com. All right, so as promised, a major, major public health problem is diabetes. If you're a, a listener of this program, I'm going to have to say you know that. And in the studio tonight, Anthony Santos, a nurse practitioner, he has dedicated at least 10 years or close to 10 years in the care of patients with diabetes, and I'm happy to say he has just joined our practice, Liver Specialists of Texas, and Helen Yuan, our registered dietitian. You cannot talk about diabetes without talking about diet and nutrition, and Helen, who's been on the program before, is here tonight, so I'm really uh, blessed to have the two of you in the studio uh, tonight. Anthony the The most amazing thing I believe are the statistics related to diabetes, the millions of people that have diabetes. Why don't you give everybody you know, an idea of how big of a public health problem this is?
2: Good evening, Dr. Galati. Thanks for having me absolutely. For, uh, regarding diabetes, there are well over thirty million people in the u s. and counting of which approximately 9 out of 10 represent type, the type 2 diabetes population. And it's no surprise that this traje- trajectory keeps increasing, mimicking that of di- uh,
0: obesity rates. Now, you, you know, with, you would think, all the information technology that we have, report after report, you almost can't open up any of the online news services and you see the numbers of diabetes are increasing, or younger people are getting diabetes earlier. And out of this 30 million, which is about 9, 10% of the population, why do you think it is that these numbers are high and potentially getting higher?
2: That's a great question. Um, The interesting part about these diabetes patients are, you know, in my experience seeing them, they're not just diabetics, they actually... Um, are also overweight and obese. Over right. 90% of them are overweight or obese. Three-quarters of them have hypertension and on medication. Right. High blood pressure, 140 over 90. And as much as 50%, if not greater, of them are at risk for heart failure. Yeah. So it is a um, problem not just focused on uh, on the sugar, but right. the whole organs are suffering.
0: Yeah. And we we call this collectively, in, in a sense, metabolic syndrome, where they are diabetic and they're, Overweight and and for what we do every day, fatty liver uh, is not only an associated part of diabetes, but it's it's a, really an independent risk factor for developing diabetes. Now, suffice it to say, there's millions of people and growing. The other the other point that I want to jump to now, because you you were you were mentioning the thirty million, um, a lot of people are walking around with diabetes. Or pre-diabetes, and 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 I've said this so many times, both on the air here and uh, with with my patients, and I've written about it, that people get this sense that they have just a touch of diabetes. Their family physician sort of ignores it; uh, they ignore it, and it it just perpetuates a problem. What what? What do you say to a patient when they come in and they say, oh, I have just a touch of diabetes, or I've just got, you know, pre-diabetes. It's not a big deal.
2: I think it's very important to be objective with a patient. Now, when they come to me and say, I have a touch of diabetes, let me look at your numbers. The numbers we're looking at are their fasting glucose. The numbers we're looking at are their three-month average blood sugar. Many would probably know it as hemoglobin A1C. Right. Um. A touch of diabetes, whatever it is termed collectively, is a sign that there has to be a change, change in diet, change in lifestyle.
0: Absolutely. Now, Helen, our registered dietitian, uh, Anthony mentioned obesity, being overweight, and uh, that is really, if you ask me, the driving force behind a lot of the type 2 diabetes. What do you see with the patients you're seeing? Um, as far as their sense of how big of a problem they view their obesity as or their eating habits?
3: So in general, a lot of the patients that come to me have already talked with you, and you've given them a very great idea of how connected their um, diabetes and their weight and their health in general is. Um, But a lot of them don't see the full picture. They just know, oh, I need to lose weight if I want to. Get rid of this diabetes. Right. Um so they're a little bit still in the dark to a set in a sense, um, of as to how they're gonna get that done. So that's what I work with them on. Now
0: when when you say when when they have this slightly um you know, less than concerning view of their weight and you tell them, No, 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 you have to lose weight, how do they react?
3: Um Well, they don't take too kindly to it for the most part. Um, A lot of them are, again, just kind of overwhelmed by the news and they are struggling with weight kind of their entire lives and they just don't know how to go about making it sustainable.
0: That is is true. All right, we're going to take a break. Don't forget, go to drjoglotti.com. We're going to be back after the news talking about diabetes. If you have diabetes or pre-diabetes or know somebody with diabetes, stay tuned. We'll be right back. So please, you're tuning in this Sunday evening. We're here every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Our website, drjoegalati.com. Head over there tonight, right now if you'd like, if you're near a computer. Don't do it if you're driving. I don't want to be uh, responsible for any accidents. But do sign up for our newsletter. Send me an email. Take a look at all the information and... um, uh, health and wellness information available for you there. So we are talking about diabetes in the studio is Anthony Santos, a nurse practitioner, new to our practice, liver specialist of Texas. And Helen Yuan, the registered dietitian that you hear all the time with us. And Anthony, let's, let's get back real quick. Type 1 versus type 2 diabetes. What do the listeners need to know?
2: Very simply, the type one, there are two major types, and of course there are other, but we're going to cover type one. It's the type of diabetes where the body does not produce insulin. Right. These are the patients that will require shots, insulin shots, um, one or two, maybe multiple, and at times may require a pump to manage their diabetes. The type two type or what we're more familiar with develops when we're older develops due to risk factors which I know we'll probably discuss the body doesn't use insulin properly you may not necessarily need insulin Mm -hmm. but certainly um, you'll require some of the available treatment regimens
0: you know the sad thing about diabetes and and as you mentioned type 2 diabetes is it it used to be adult onset diabetes That was something that grandma would get. Somebody in their late 60s, 70s, into their 80s, you'd almost assume, well, you know, grandma's got diabetes, got a little sugar problem. But you know, and Helen knows, we're seeing people, patients, young people, late teens, getting ready for college, early 20s, with type 2 diabetes because of obesity and metabolic syndrome, and high cholesterol, and hypertension. And what happens is with obesity, and you could explain this further, we make insulin. We actually make too much insulin. It just cannot get into the cells to work. Anthony, what, what do you want to add to that?
2: The technical term of insulin resistance right. is what you're referring to. Um, I agree when you mentioned that obesity is the driving force. Of insulin resistance, um, thankfully, uh, medications have been developed, and certainly we would want to reserve that later when diet and lifestyle has failed. Uh-huh. But certainly, as we all know, we're losing that battle.
0: Yeah, that you know, I well, we are, but the three of us here tonight are are holding, are holding the line, and 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 some more statistics as far as pre-diabetes. 84 million people have pre-diabetes. And so, uh, again, if if you are sitting at home, you are driving home from work tonight, and somebody whispered in your ear, hey, you may have pre-diabetes, this is a major problem because it, it's, yes, you have diabetes, but it is the complications of diabetes. And that is what ultimately kills people, makes their life shorter, or makes their quality of life so poor?
2: Dr. Glad. I've actually seen some data showing, as early as pre-diabetes people developing um, small vessel complications. Um, so we don't have to wait until the patient becomes diabetes to act so. So as clinicians, I think it's important to assess our patients, even at prediabetes, to say, is medication an option? But certainly that's when you drive in the importance of diet, uh, diet and lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Now, we, we talk a lot about the diabetic diet, something called an exchange list. Uh, patients sometimes find it a bit confusing. Helen, can you um, decode the—and the, the and, and, and again, at 30,000 feet, what is the, the diet mentality that diabetics should be thinking?
3: Um, So really when it comes to managing diabetes, managing blood sugars, and eating a healthful diet overall, um, it mainly comes down to eating mostly vegetables, proteins, fruits, unprocessed foods, things that have not had a lot of sugar, um, artificial ingredients added to them that contribute further to insulin resistance and blood sugar um, um, being high. Right. Um, And then with the exchange list and with Um, carbohydrates specifically, those are the kinds of foods that do turn into sugar in your blood. So whenever you're having difficulty um, processing that sugar in the case of diabetes, you want to try to minimize the amount of sugar that you're putting into your body and into your blood.
0: Now, this is not sugar, white sugar that you're putting on your cereal in the morning. This is these are carbohydrates that are broken down.
3: Yes. So carbohydrates, that umbrella term for anything that contains any type of sugar in any form or any kind of starch. So all of those carbohydrates become glucose in our blood.
0: So the exchange list, the diabetic exchange list, what what does that mean?
3: So it's basically a guide that gives you an idea of how many grams of carbohydrate, so starch or sugar, is going to be found in a specific portion of a specific food. So half of a medium apple or half a banana, both of those are going to be 15 grams of carbohydrate. And that 15 grams is the standard unit of measurement that they constitute as one portion of a carbohydrate right. food.
0: Okay. So, so would you say most diabetics should have either a printed list or something in their head to realize the exchange. So I could have two of these or one of those. That that basically is what they're saying.
3: Yes, it's definitely a helpful tool um, if patients use it.
0: Right, right. And this this is where we are trying to uh, enlighten and inspire our patients and our listeners and people that follow us to say, you need to, to pay attention. You need to become a student of your disease or condition, a, a, a student of diabetes, a student of nutrition, to understand that you cannot, not all fruit is going to be healthy for a diabetic. You can't look at me straight in the face and say, I am, I am, I'm not eating Burger King, but I'm eating an entire watermelon every afternoon. Helen, what do you say to that person?
3: <laughs> I let them know that. Yes. It's How many still... <laughs> exchanges is
0: that? About 90. <laughs>
3: Probably pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So I do let them know that I'm glad that you are making an effort to choose healthier foods, but we still need to know exactly how much we're getting because some of those numbers can surprise us.
0: Exactly. You know, I notice a lot of people are are sending us email messages. And I would say for both Anthony and Helen tonight, uh, clearly— we're available for consultation, but if you want to send us an email, just go right to drjogalati.com, and uh, during the week, we'll reach back out to you and uh, and answer your question and give you some help. The um, The one thing before we take a break here, and I'm, I'm putting you on the spot, Helen. <laughs> are there foods—and I'll let Anthony pitch in as well—are there foods— that a diabetic should never eat. I I, I know the the popular term moderation, and I understand that, but we're dealing with people that have serious end organ damage. You know, people Mm -hmm. have called me hardcore that, you know, I'm going to draw the line in the sand to say Mm -hmm. stop eating that. There's no, you know, moderation may not have worked for you. That's why we're in this situation. But what would you say are the, biggest, the biggest offenders that people need to stay away from.
3: Mm -hmm. So the foods that are definitely not going to help anybody, diabetes or not, are going to be anything with refined added sugars. So you have your sodas, you have candy, you have any kind of sweets or any kind of baked goods that are made with refined flour or starches, things that don't have any kind of beneficial nutrients, no vitamins, minerals, fiber, nothing real nothing that our body actually needs to function properly and efficiently and optimally but all they contain is sugar and starch
0: how about chips
3: chips would fall
0: into that the category. chips are in your <laughs> your no fly zone anthony yeah. what do you say
2: before our audience listening this evening in about three months the rodeo is coming anything yeah. fried i think we should definitely avoid it's okay. heavy in calories would contribute to Again, being overweight, obese.
0: Yeah. I mean, nothing, at least the city I grew up in, nothing in nature is fried. Yep. Right? I mean, that is that is processed. And we almost become numb to the point of all this fried, processed foods. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where we have to try to untangle it. All right. How about it, Josh? We're going to take a break? All right. Let's see what kind of music he's got lined up for me. Who is that? Pink Floyd. All right. I got to brush up on my music. All right. Final segment coming up. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Still talking about diabetes. DrJoeGalati.com is the website I'd like you to go to. And again, I was saying earlier with my friend Chuck Garcia, Eating Yourself Sick, great holiday gift. It's available on Amazon. Check it out. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Final segment, your health first. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Raising your health IQ. That is what I say every time. Don't forget, head over to Amazon. Eating Yourself Sick is my book. Get it for yourself, your kids, your college kids that are coming home, your husband, Anybody that has problems with weight, pre-diabetes, just is not taking care of themselves, and they need a bit of a jump start. And of course, you could always see us as a patient if you'd like a second opinion, Liver Specialist of Texas. Again, all that information is on drjogalati.com. All right, I'm in the studio with Anthony Santos, a nurse practitioner that has committed himself to the care of patients with diabetes, and Helen Yuan, who has seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patients with fatty liver and diabetes and metabolic syndrome, and uh, no better experts to have here on the program. Um, There's a lot of technology, Anthony, that patients may have available to them in the management of their diabetes. Is it appropriate for everybody? Is it too expensive? Should patients with diabetes be asking their doctor for the latest and greatest pumps and monitors and things that are under the skin, uh, getting a blood glucose on your, on your smartphone? Tell me, tell me where we're at with, with the technology.
2: You've pointed out insulin pumps and monitors are available. Um, Most clinicians would reserve that, but begin first with perhaps some combination of oral medication. If one medication is not enough, there's actually once-weekly injectables um, that most would think is insulin, but it's actually non-insulin products. Uh And you're familiar with the different mechanism of action of different insulins. Now, if those are not able to manage you, yes, pumps are available. And it's important for both type one and type two to understand that when they get worked up, insulin pumps are available for for both, not just for type ones. Uh-huh. In addition to the continuous glucose monitor, which can provide the patient either real-time movement of their blood sugar, or if they don't want it, you know, perhaps. A recording
0: of it. So right. there
2: are a lot of technology nowadays to control us.
0: Yeah, you know one one phrase or one saying is that uh, if if we're seeing a patient and and we'll say, hey, uh, do you have tight control of your of your diabetes? And uh, they may refer to a hemoglobin A one C. They may report that yeah 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 it's it's good. My my morning blood sugar is always under two hundred. Now physiologically. The way the body is made, the sugar should be when you wake up under a hundred. You know, in a sense, a fasting blood sugar. And so, what I wonder, and this goes along with with the nutrition challenges that that Helen is seeing, we're at a point where the public is thinking, "Well, that's good enough. That's sort of okay." Hey, my sugar was was three hundred last month. Now it's only you know one ninety. That still is not good control. As far as I'm um, saying, what do you think? And for people at home that may be in this situation where their blood sugars are high, but not as high, is is that a good space to be?
2: Very quickly, I just want to touch on um, chasing the numbers. Right, we're not about trying to make the lower the better. Um, old studies have suggested while it has improved uh, small vessel disease, it's not prevented heart attacks and strokes. So certainly with your clinician is targeting an A1C or a level at which you are not at risk for developing low blood sugar. So, um, an expert, a clinician, diabetologist per se would consider all these factors. How long have you had diabetes, et cetera, et cetera, to truly get you in that range where you are not getting complications.
0: Yeah. Helen, um, with with regard to diet mm-hmm. if if in in speaking to the to the to the folks tuning in tonight if you had to give them one or two hints guidelines besides the not eating the processed nutrition free food mm-hmm. that you know you don't like or i like what would you say is that wake up call on on The transformation, since we started off with Chuck Garcia talking about transformation, that transformation they need to start first thing tomorrow. Uh,
3: My biggest thing would be really working to incorporate those non-starchy vegetables that are going to be super nutrient dense, high in the vitamins, high in the minerals that all of our metabolic functions need to operate the way that it's designed to and keep our um, body functioning properly, keep our blood sugars managed, and also Physical activity, exercise, right. that's another big one that I stress.
0: Absolutely. Now, Anthony, final, final word for you. This is a little bit more tough. If somebody tonight is listening and they have diabetes or pre-diabetes, type 1 or type 2, should these patients be evaluated by a diabetes expert, or can they be managed through their internal medicine, their family practitioner? What What do you think?
2: The fact of the matter is diabetes is being managed in the primary care setting, but 90% of diabetes patients are in that setting. And if you find that they are willing to collaborate with you, if they're willing to listen, um, it's important also for them to evaluate your mental health, um, which is, I know, not being at the forefront, but someone who is following the guidelines up to date with data is certainly more than capable to manage diabetes.
0: And so, staying within your family, practice clinic, it, your internal medicine doctor—that is is okay. And for those that are teetering, they sort of understand they have diabetes, but they they need to kick up their game just a little bit. What what would you tell them right now?
2: Again, it's that golden time to what Helen was alluding to: amp up your diet and lifestyle intervention. Once you become diabe- diabetic, you cannot become undiabetic. Right. So that is the golden time to make a change.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I believe the reason, the reason I'm here, the reason you guys are both here tonight, is because we see the end stage complication. Helen, you are seeing people that are waiting for liver transplants. Mm-hmm. Their fatty liver and cirrhosis did not start overnight. No. This took years to take place. And so our message tonight is use this all as a wake-up call, transform, become committed and inspired. There's so many people out there that can help you, and you have to team up with people that are willing to do that for you. All right. With that said, Anthony, thank you very much. Welcome to the practice, Helen. We'll see you all tomorrow morning at the office. For all of you, we'll see you next Sunday night. Don't forget, go to drjogalati.com. We'll see you next Sunday night. Take care. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegilati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.